and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 25. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Shannon. I want to preface this story by saying that I've suffered from sleep paralysis before and I do lucid dream most nights. But this was not the same. This was in 2017. One night I fell asleep, same as any other night, and I started dreaming. I was in a country kitchen with a strange man sitting at an old wooden table. The kitchen really reminded me of an old traditional Irish farmhouse kitchen with a stable door going out into the garden etc. The man sitting in front of me was so familiar looking but I've never seen this man in my life. He was in his 40s with mid-length dark greasy hair wearing a dark blue plaid shirt. In front of him was a big old book, more like a tome. He was talking to me but all I can remember him saying was they'll be here soon and you need to give them this book. I was so confused I kept asking who would be here but he never answered me and we were just sitting there in the dim light. It was dark outside when I looked out the window. I went to start asking him who he was but suddenly a bright light lit up the kitchen through the window. He jumped up grabbed me by the shoulder and shoved the book into my hands. I just remember feeling how heavy it was and he kept reminding me to give them the book. We walked out the stable door, into the farm courtyard and I was looking at a big metal looking object. I was scared and I told the man but he said I would be okay and they wouldn't hurt me just give them the book. For some reason I started walking towards the object. The man called out to me that we would see each other again. When I turned around to him, he was already walking back into the house. I turned to the object with the book in my hand and stood at the bottom. There was some beeping and static noise and then a lift came down out of the ship. There was something in my head inviting me to get onto it and lie down. When I laid down, I placed the book on my chest and was lifted up into the ship. The next part is the freakiest. They were tall, whitish, grey figures. There was about five of them standing around me lying there. They took the book from my chest and their faces kept getting closer and closer until all I could see was black. I woke up and I was in the same position as I was in the dream. The duvet was off me on the ground and I had this splitting headache. I went back to sleep and didn't dream of them again but that was years ago and I still think about it to this day. It was so strange and I can never explain it well enough because it was so vivid but I remember how I felt, etc. So weird. I just wanted to share that with you. Well, you know what, Shannon? You could have kept that one to yourself. That could have been one for you and your brain and your memories, not one for me, you and your brain and your memories and the aliens in the spaceship. Like, what if your dream was a snippet of, like, somebody else's experience, somebody else's world, or, like, you in a past life or you in a future life and you're sitting there and... The aliens are coming and the guy is like, oh, look, listen, you'll be grand. Just give them this book. That's what they're here for. Like, thanks for looking after me, mister. But why don't you just give them the book? If it's your big book, you just give it to them. You go up into the spaceship if it's so important. Don't give it to me. I don't need to go up into the spaceship with all the little aliens with their faces getting closer and closer. I also hate that you suffer from both sleep paralysis and lucid dreaming. And it wasn't the same thing. I would much prefer if you didn't say that and then we could say it's probably just sleep paralysis. And story number two comes from Fran. 
This is a brief and mostly heartwarming story from when I first moved into my own home in 2020. At the start of that year, I had left a very toxic and unhealthy relationship and bought my first place, where I would also be living on my own for the first time. I was already really nervous, and this worsened when the UK went into its first lockdown and I realised I had to adjust to solo living and heal from a very painful breakup without being able to have regular visits from friends and family. It was a tough time, so I put all my energy into focusing on making my new home feel cosy and welcoming. For me, a big part of that is having art and photographs on the walls, and one of my treasured pictures is a framed photograph of my nana and granddad. My nana had passed away about eight months before this, so I was still processing losing her too. I couldn't decide where the best spot for this picture was, so I decided to try it out on a few different walls. After just a couple of days, I started to notice that the picture would regularly be off-kilter or tilted, as though someone had nudged where it was hanging on the wall. It would happen no matter which wall in the apartment I put the picture on, and I've tried it on at least five different walls, and to date has happened to none of my other pictures and pieces of wall art. I like to think it's Nana letting me know she's here. Whether it's true or not, it gave me a lot of comfort at a time when I needed it. This story is longer and scarier. I've never seen a ghost and this is as close as I've ever come and ever want to come. This was about 18 months before my first story, when I was in the relationship that I would later end up leaving. I mentioned that our relationship was quite toxic. We both at the time had a lot of unhealed and undealt with trauma from our childhoods and I fully believe that for my ex, his denial of and refusal to deal with this is part of what made him so susceptible to the paranormal. He always had stacks of ghost stories from his childhood, and this experience made me firmly believe all of them are true. We had travelled to the Yorkshire Dales to stay with his aunt and uncle. A lot of his other family members were coming too, as that weekend we were commemorating his grandma passing away a year before, by planting a tree on her woodland grave, and having a celebration together afterwards. We arrived late in the evening and were immediately ushered into the kitchen to drink wine, eat cheese and biscuits and chat with his various other cousins, aunts and uncles. His aunt and uncle lived in a very old house, the sort you'd look at and go, that's definitely haunted. After hours spent in the kitchen, we all finally went to bed at around 1am. I haven't seen the upstairs of the enormous house at all at this point. I've only been to the kitchen and the downstairs loo. We were staying in the spare room which was mostly used as storage but had a bed in it too. It was right at the top of the stairs with another room next to it. Then all of the other bedrooms and guest bedrooms were down east and west halls in what I guess you could call wings. At around 3am I woke up because I could hear someone in the room next to ours coughing and spluttering. It went on and on. After about 15 minutes, I accepted that I was wide awake and decided to use the toilet. I didn't know where the bathroom was, so I went downstairs instead. The downstairs loo was right under the staircase, so it wasn't far. Also, this meant that the room next to ours, where I could hear the coughing, was also directly above the downstairs toilet. As I walked to the staircase, I passed the door of the room next door and could hear the coughing clearly. The door was shut. There were no lights on. 
and I merely had a passing thought of how annoying it must be for that person not to be able to stop coughing. I used the bathroom and came back upstairs. Hairs all over my body stood up straight before my brain registered that something was off. I stopped still at the top of the stairs and looked to my right, where the door to the room next to ours was. The door was open. That room wasn't a bedroom, it was the upstairs bathroom. Why was someone in there for over 20 minutes, coughing and spluttering with the light switched off? Why didn't I hear them leave when I was directly underneath them and in an old creaky house where you can hear every movement? I just stood there for a good three minutes, trying to make it make sense, but I just couldn't. My gut was physically telling me something is wrong. In the end, I shrugged it off and walked back into our bedroom. My ex was awake. He was fast asleep when I got up. And he could sleep through absolutely anything too. He was sat bolt upright in bed and looked white as a sheet. My first thought, loud and clear, was, He's seen a ghost. He stared at me, not speaking, and I asked if he was okay. He said, Did you just come into this room just now? Uh, yeah, I replied. I mean, were you not here like a split second ago? Have you been out of this room? Yeah, I've just been to the downstairs toilet. So you've definitely been out of this room for the last like two minutes. Yes, definitely. More than that even. What do you mean? He looked like he was about to cry and told me that there was someone in the room with him just standing at the foot of the bed, not moving. He said he woke up suddenly and saw them there and assumed it was me and asked what I was doing. He then slowly realised it wasn't me. He said that he shut his eyes hoping to realise he was imagining it. But when he opened them, the figure was still there. He said he just stared at it for a few seconds, maybe a minute, and then I opened the door to come back in and it vanished into thin air. I then told him about the coughing in the room next door. We both surmised that it must have been a ghost, possibly his grandma, who wanted to get me out of the room because I'm not susceptible open to that sort of stuff. Once I was out of the room, this ghost then went into the room to be with him, someone who is susceptible or open. We wanted to think it was his grandma, but the feelings we had both experienced weren't very positive so we weren't sure. So we both just tried to go to sleep and kept the bedside lamp switched on for the rest of the night. A few weeks later we were visiting his dad. His dad had had a falling out with his aunt and so had not come to the Dales that weekend. I mentioned to his dad in passing which room we'd stayed in that weekend and he looked at me with a knowing grin and said, Oh... I always sleep with the light on in that room. That's the second photo frame tipping story we've had in the last while. That's a nice ghost. We can deal with that. A little photo frame being, being tipped and nothing else happening. That's cool. We can deal with that, especially when you live on your own. It's very important that when you live on your own, the ghosts are decent, you know. They do small things and not big things. I don't really know what to say about this story like did his grandmother die of some sort of lung issues I don't mean to be insensitive saying that but like the coughing 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 for so long is indicative of somebody who's suffering from some sort of some sort of lung ailment and that feeling of you know when you your body knows something's wrong but your brain hasn't quite caught up yet is a horrible feeling when you get that like goosebumps ice cold 
your body's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. But your brain's like, what's going on? What's happening? Oh, should we be worried? That is a really, really horrible feeling. And as somebody who is a proud member of the nightlight crew, I think everybody needs a nightlight for sure, especially in old houses that look haunted. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Shannon and Fran for sending in your stories. Remember, if you want to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can subscribe to patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.